You're listening to Questions on the Way podcast with Greg and Jeremy. Hello, welcome to Questions on the Way. We made it again. We're here. We made it. It's very early. <laughs> it's uh, Yeah, it is early for us. Yeah. But you know what they say? What? I don't know, something about being early. <laughs> and a, a bird and a, and a worm somewhere or something yeah, like that. something like that. So, But that's okay. We made it. So I think today you had some, you wanted to do a rapid fire, yeah? Yeah, I thought just to kind of, I don't know, just uh, as people get to know us yeah. uh, a little bit, it would be fun to do uh, these rapid fire questions. So I've got three rapid fire questions for you this morning. Oh, just for me. Well, you can ask them to me after, but okay. you don't okay. know what they are. Um, so the first one is what, Greg, what is your favorite food? That one's not too hard for me. Um, as far as my absolute favorite food would be a penne pasta that my wife makes. I just love it. It's like any sauce or just the pasta? It's a, no, it's a marinara type sauce. So, oh, it's so good. It's got capers in it. (laughs) Um, a little bit of, uh, you know, Moose salami, you okay. know, we make, okay. we make moose salami, a little bit of that in there. Oh, so, so, uh, so you're thinking that's like, I feel like that's like a combination food. Like what if it was just like a food, like one food, one food, cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like a single food. Item. Oh, that's a combination as well. huh? Yeah. Cause it's burger and cheese and bread. <laughs> uh, probably a fruit. I really like pineapple. Okay, then. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Um, what's your favorite free time activity? Um, I think if I have a... I like to go... I like to shoot guns. That's yeah? One, yeah, that's probably, yeah. That's probably right up there. That or um, even just a hike or just go for a run, something like that. I enjoy doing that. I like to go fishing with my boy. So I know that's like... Four different things, that's a, but that's okay. Those they they're all tied, though. I promise. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, what's your favorite movie? Well, as as you know, I'm not a huge movie guy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think you've even seen Lord of the Rings, have you? I haven't. <laughs> oh man. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Is that your favorite movie? <clears throat> um, I really like it. I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I I would have to say my favorite few. Uh, my favorite movie, just like if you're like, what's your favorite movie? Because favorites are hard to pick. Yeah, you know. But um, Top Gun, that's always my. Is it really? Yeah. Oh man. I think for nostalgic purposes. Yeah, sure. You know, and like just I don't know. I was in like eighth grade, and it was like just <laughs> epic. You know? It's so cool. Yeah. The soundtrack and. So know. I have a, a stepdad, and he used to put on uh, Top Gun with the surround sound. He, we had a surround uh-huh. sound system, and he would put that thing on so loud as the airplanes would fly by. Yeah. Oh, I think he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was living out his Top Gun that's dreams. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So no, that's a good one. Um, okay, so what's your favorite food? Um, I don't know if it's a food, it's a drink, but uh, coffee. Yeah, <laughs> it's my favorite food. <laughs> if we are picking like a, like a food food though, um, I'm gonna have to go in the moment with uh, donuts. Yeah, <laughs> you are the donut guy. Yep, yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, activity. Um, again, that's hard because like, how do you pick like one thing? Because who just likes to do like one thing? Um, but I, I. 
I thought I knew the answer. Um, I'm going to say... Uh, <laughs> uh, reading. Reading? Oh, I man. guess free time. It's, it's not an activity. Our, our <laughs> listeners just now are like... Oh, these guys are boring. I think I'm gonna. It is tough. I, I I like I love getting active with my family. Like, oh yeah, I, I do a lot of um, or I used to uh, run a lot and but just like hiking, like just mm-hmm. getting outside in the mountains. Sure, anything in the mountains. But I do enjoy fishing too. So yeah, and reading is a good activity it, to do. Yeah, it, it is. I'm just teasing exercises it. your brain. It yeah. takes you to faraway places in your mind. <laughs> That's funny. Well, so today uh, we have. A really, a really good question. This was mm-hmm. brought uh, to us from a student of a university, and it requires a little bit of context, but it's a very good mm-hmm. question. And uh, so context first, question afterwards. It's, while in class at a local university, a group of students consistently spoke about how Christianity is inherently racist. Is Christianity inherently racist? And how do I respond to that as a Christian? Man, uh, such a such a um, college question. It's a modern <laughs> question, right? Yeah, yeah, um, man, and yeah, we've been talking about this for a little bit and, and kicking it around. And um, you know, my my first, as you know, <laughs> when you ask me this, my my first response is like, well, no, because <laughs> it's you know how it, it's from the Middle East. You know, it's, yeah, it's it's. When you look at like who Jesus was, like you know, my short answer is like no, it's not racist. Um, but there's a couple of things for me in that question. When I hear that question and I take it, you know, seriously and I start to break it down, is Christianity inherently racist? I think there's kind of three things in that question. You have to look at you know Christianity first off. What are we talking about? Right. Yeah. You know, when we're talking about Christianity, um, the second thing is is the word inherent. Um, you know, as uh, the listeners don't know this, but you do. I'm big on words, and like, yeah. I really like to get into, like, what is the word, and what does it mean? Because, like, so often, and I do the same thing in my vocabulary, I'll use words uh-huh. where it's like I understand the word and the context, but when you say, like, well, what does that word mean? It's like, if you were, I'd be like, well, I'm not exactly sure. Like, I know it's kind of, you know, like, your kids are great at that. Like, well, what is that? And you're like, uh, uh <laughs> when you, <laughs> um, but inherent, right? So it's like, what is, what does the word inherent mean? And when you talk about inherent, inherent means it's uh, when something is like essential, an essential quality. Mm-hmm. So then you come to the last word there, is an, is Christian inherently racism or racist? Yeah. You know, racist then is um, to show or feel discrimination or, or prejudice. Um, so when I look at that question, is, is racism essentially or is race an essential part or component um, of Christianity? And, you know, shorter ends, you have to say, you have to say no. Right. And it's almost, especially for somebody that's, you know, really strong in the faith, this is kind of, it, it is almost like an offensive question in a way. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I definitely, uh, I know you and I kind of had like a response, Yeah, you know, like, absolutely. like, like what? why would you even ask that? Right. You know, but I can see how, you know, these are the things that, that come up, especially like you, when you think, I said, you know, it's such a college question. And the reason is because like in that age, you know, where you're just, you're exploring things, you're questioning things and, and, and it's a good time. And this isn't part of the, the answer. I don't think we should get off on this track, but you, when you look at the current like culture of 
college and like what's mm-hmm. being done and professors and like that whole world is just so extremely secular. It is. So when you think of the context, it's like, it's not necessarily a surprising question. And I really think it's based on like a misunderstanding of like what Christianity is. All right. Oh yeah. And when you look at what Christianity is, which, you know, the word literally means, um, Christ follower, mm-hmm. um, in the Greek, uh, I did look this up. Um, in the Greek Christianity is Christianos. Follow, follower of Christ, and Christ is Christos, which is the anointed one. So when we're talking about following the anointed one, well, then we have to talk about, well, who's Christ? Right. You know, who is the, the anointed one? Yeah, I think that's imperative to answer the question is, okay, who is this Christ then, right? Yeah, definitely. And so I think, you know, looking at Jesus, and, and this is just, I love the great turn of events here, you know, going from this question to being able to talk about, like, who Jesus is, I think is really cool. Um but when you look at, at Jesus, look at the context of the Old Testament. Um, Jesus was the promised Messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the children of Israel throughout the Old Testament, you know, they were the chosen race by God um, through Abraham. Going back in Genesis 12 is where, where the story kind of starts. But those first books of the Bible talk about, you know, the establishing of, of, of Israel and, you know, the sons of Abraham and how they became a people in Egypt and the exodus out of Egypt and the persecution. But throughout history, um, especially in the time of captivity where Israel, uh, Jerusalem, had been built up by the kings, King yeah. David, King Solomon, had established this line. All the kings had done what was evil in the sight of the Lord, um, which in the law was promised that they were going to, they would they would pay for that. You know, God, sure. God is, is holy. Um and so they, they were looking forward after the captivity, you know, Babylon and Assyria were two kingdoms that came in and just completely destroyed Israel, completely destroyed Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And um, so they were looking forward and they were promised a Messiah. They were promised an anointed one, a conquering king, a ruler who would come and save them. And they, th- they thought this was a physical salvation. And Oh, I, yeah, right. They, th- they thought that it was going to be some some burly king that came in and right. yeah and 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 that's again a question for for another time right. what that salvation looks like but that's what Israel that's what that's what they were looking forward to they were looking for this anointed one this this messiah you know the word means anointed one who would come who would save the people mm-hmm. um, who would provide this this rescue and this this salvation um but when Jesus ca- came you know, and we just uh, a month ago celebrated Christmas. Mm-hmm. We know that we know the Christmas story. Yeah, it was a very very humble yeah. beginning. He, uh, he came as a baby in a little farmhouse. Yeah, very very vulnerable. Yeah, uh, you know, his entry was announced to uh, the people, like you know, the shepherds who were kind of like the the guys who spent time with the sheep. You know, like oh yeah, so and so's a shepherd. Yeah, oh, okay, that explains it. Oh. And that was who he was announced to. But anyways, Jesus, when you look at his ministry, um, I would have to say Jesus was the most inclusive of people who were different than him. Yeah, exactly. And like the opposite of racist. Especially during that time. That's through my research. That's kind of what I've been finding, too, is that when you really dive into the person of Jesus and just his character you find over and over and over again that he went to all places and talked to all different kinds of people. I mean, in his vicinity that normally would not be talking to one another, definitely, uh, in a nice way. (laughs) So, and he did, you know, totally. Yeah. And, and, and it's really cool. Like at this time, Israel uh, had kind of set themselves up as being God's chosen people. Like mm-hmm. they knew they were chosen. 
you know, they, even though they didn't follow the law well, or, you know, God would say, I'll bless you, you know, when you do these things. Um, but they had, you know, the Pharisees were a group at that time, the teachers of the law. And um, it was kind of this outward, you know, you think about like the, the modern version of like a hypocrite, someone who says yeah. one thing and does something. I mean, these were the Pharisees, but it's like Israel as a people were very, I would say very proud, even though they had been in bondage and everything, like they had maintained this, um, they really held on tightly to this thread that like, well, we're God's chosen people. It's like, right. you know, we're displaced out of our country, you know, we're under Roman rule at the time mm-hmm. that Jesus came, but it's like, but we have the law, so we have God. You know, it was kind of the... Yeah, they're exclusive. They yeah, were. very exclusive. And so, yeah. like you said, like the, the conversations that Jesus had, you know, in, in his ministry, um, you know, Jesus, up until the time he was 30, he was a carpenter with his dad. His dad, Joseph, was a carpenter, and he was just, you know, uh, learning and growing. The Bible says several times that he grew in, in stature and in favor oh, yeah. um, with God and man. And so just establishing this, this kind of low-key, kind of um, hardworking reputation. But then when he stepped out into public ministry, which began with his, his baptism, when, when John the Baptist baptized Jesus and uh, the Spirit of, the, of God descended upon him like a dove and the voice came from heaven and said, this is my son mm. in whom I am well pleased. From that moment on, Jesus begins this three-year intensive ministry of ministering to people that were really on the outskirts of society. Yeah, it, he ministered to not just that exclusive group of the Jewish people, of the Jewish nation of Israel, and uh, really ministered to a lot of people. So just, if I could, if I could jump yeah, into, totally. a couple, into a couple things that I found just right off the bat. Um, one thing that I found right away, you and I were doing a Bible study here last semester, and we mm-hmm. need to pick back up on that yeah. in, in Mark. In Mark. And um, one of the things that you see in Mark 5 is Jesus heals a man in, uh, how do you say this, Gerasenes? Sure, that sounds good. Okay, perfect. <laughs> okay, so uh, what's interesting about Gerasenes, though, is that that is on the east side of the Sea of Galilee, which is on the other side of the Jordan River. Yeah. And Jesus heals a man that was possessed. So that could tell us pretty much two things. For starters, he wasn't Jewish. <laughs> yes. So, and then based on the fact that it's on the east side of the Jordan, yeah. and he was possessed. Yes. So he was not a Jewish man. And uh, Jesus went over, and he actually healed this person. So right off the bat, you, right off the bat, chapter 5 of Mark, you get to see Jesus in an occasion really quickly healing somebody from outside of, uh, of his group of people, because Jesus was Jewish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then again, we see that again, we see it in John four, where Jesus talks to a woman at the well, a Samaritan woman. And then again, we see it in Matthew eight, Jesus heals a centurion servant. And what a centurion is, is a really fancy way of saying, a, a Roman that's also, what is he like a, it's like a captain of a hundred. Yeah. He's basically a, a man in charge. And why that's significant is during that time. The Romans basically were in rule over the area of uh, of Israel, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when you had a centurion, they probably weren't gonna, you know, talk with, you know, this Jewish man Jesus. Yeah. So, but uh, anyways, the centurion did. He did come to Jesus and asked for Jesus to heal his servant, and Jesus basically said, "Man, this guy's got a lot of faith." Yeah. Yeah, and so those are great examples, Greg. Just right off the bat, you know, we've got, you know, the Samaritan woman, the, the man in Gerasenes, 
and the Roman centurion, all examples of, of Jesus ministering outside of his race, if you will. And like, I honestly really dislike the term racist because mm-hmm. there's one race. Yeah. It's the human race. Like, yeah, right? it's all and one I know race. That's such right. a, I don't know, you can say that's such a like, I don't know, white thing to say, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, but like, it, we are, we're, we're one race. We're, we're created in the image of God. We're, we're bearers of his image. We are all the same the same race. We are all mankind. Um, I understand that the differences in ethnicity and I don't want to minimize at all the, the atrocities that have occurred oh, yeah. throughout history right. against those of different ethnicities. Um, but you know, Jesus ministered to these people that were outside of his normal group. Right. Um, and beyond just like the different nationalities, you look at who, you know, again, in Mark, in the beginning of Mark, his ministry primarily was to those marginalized by society. Mm-hmm. It was to the lepers who in in the law, the lepers were essentially required to live outside of the city walls. Right. You know, discriminated because they were unclean. They were ceremonially, ceremonially and actually physically diseased. They lived their lives outside of the city walls. And that's who Jesus went to. That's who he healed. He healed the blind. He healed the lame. He healed these people who would have been seen by the Jewish culture as, well, this is their sin or this is the sin of their ancestors that is visited upon them. So not only are, do they have this um, disability, mm-hmm. but they're also, they would say they're cursed. They've been cursed by sin. And so they would have no, con- even their own people, and they would have no contact with them. Um, wow. You know, they would literally when they when they gave like alms because there's several occasions even in the book of Acts where you you had the beggars at the temple. They would sit at the temple because people mm-hmm. were coming to give tithes and gifts, and the people would literally throw their coins at these at the beggars because they didn't want to touch them. They didn't want to get near enough. No way. On their way to the wow. temple. Yeah, they would literally throw the money at them. Right. And so you know we we have. Um, Man, it just, that reminds me of uh, uh, when Jesus healed the blind man at, at the pool. I think it was at the pool of Bethsaida. Okay, yeah. I'm not sure the chapter. But there's this moment where Jesus spits, mm-hmm. right? Where he spits on the ground to make clay and puts it on the man, uh, man's eyes. And I had someone give me a perspective like, this man who was blind would have been familiar with the sound of someone spitting, mm. but he would have been expecting it to hit him. Mm. Because like that's how they treated their own people, you know, these marginalized. And it's like, and here's Jesus who spits on the ground, who makes his pace. And we don't know why he chose to do this, but he made some mud, put it on the man's eyes and said, go to the pool, wash your eyes and you'll be able to see. It just reminds me, I know that, you know, when we think of racism here in the United States, we think of, you know, the 1950s, the 1960s, and then before that in our slavery days here. Right. And, but you're talking about, I mean, racism, amongst, or a prejudice, as we should yes, say, yeah. amongst every single group, whether it's socioeconomic, whether it's the color of somebody's skin, whether it's their religion, basically there's quarrels happening constantly. Yeah. And even like you look at, there were even structures within the, like the priestly groups, like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and there are even these upper religious teaching groups who had these beefs with each other. Cause like, this guy interpreted the laws like you should have tassels on your, on all the clothes you wear, and this guy didn't, and this guy believed in the, you know, the resurrection of the dead, and this one didn't, and so you even had like these infightings, and Jesus came and was like, I'm not even gonna like, met, like I'm yeah. not even gonna start with like right. what your problem is. I'm gonna go to these who are so mistreated. Right. And we see Jesus doing that time and time again in his ministry. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah, that's so amazing. 
And so I think, you know, what I got into is when I started looking at this is like Jesus and like who Jesus was, right? You know, so Mm -hmm. we're Christians, modern day Christians jumping forward in the modern day, like we're followers of Jesus. But you have to look at like, well, who who was Jesus? And you look at, you know, I love the question. Um, it's recorded in Matthew 16, but also in Mark 8, and it's somewhere in Luke as well. But Jesus essentially turns to his disciples, and this is towards the middle of his ministry, and he says, who do you say that I am? Mm-hmm. He looks at them, and he's like, you know, you've seen all this. You've seen my ministry. You know, you've heard, because people were calling him that he was possessed. The Pharisees said, you're possessed by the devil. There's an, you know, there's a passage there. You've been too nice to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they they were calling him a blasphemer because he was, you know, he was saying that he was God. He was healing on the Sabbath. He was so he was a sinner, like all these things. And he looks at his disciples and he says, "Who do you say that I am?" And Peter, um, you know, Peter has his moments, but this is one of his good <laughs> moments. And Peter says, "You are the Christ. You mm. are you are the Anointed One. You are the one that we've been waiting for." And um, it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful moment. Um, in a in the book of John, I love how the book of John um, opens up. And um, when you look at, at John, as far as like, you know, who, who is Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at John chapter 1, you see, you see this. And I, I love this, so I'm just going to read this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, that's only in the first verse. What's really cool here is that <laughs> Word, it's capital W. Right. The, the Word. Okay? Yeah. Uh, so it's like it's speaking of a, a person, a pronoun. So in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, so we get a little bit of a more glimpse under the surface. The connotation he, the is Jesus, yeah. Yep. Was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's the introduction of, of Jesus. Wow. You know, John, yeah. the, the gospel of John uh, out of the four gospels is different than the others. It is. And John introduces Jesus onto the scene as the word. And what, you know, we talked about the Bible in our previous podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what is the Bible? And we talked about the Bible is the word of God. Um, here, John is saying like, Jesus is that word. He is the word of God. He is the breath of God. He has been with God from the beginning. Um we know that, you know, the, the context in, in Genesis of the, that God breathed out all life, like that was Jesus. Jesus was the word in the beginning. Through him, all things were made and by him, all things are made. Sure. So that recognition of Peter that like you are the Christ, you're the anointed one, um, you know, goes beyond just like, oh, like you're, you're something that was promised, but it's almost this underlying recognition of like, you are the one who has been with God from the beginning. Sure, that makes sense. And then also for those of you that haven't read maybe even any of the Bible, you know, going back to just John here, John's uh, John's take of the gospel and just John's uh, book in the Bible is just beautiful. And I think that that's a good place to start. Yeah, I think uh, honestly, I think any of the four gospels for are, sure are great are great intro. But John, yeah, is very very. Um, Especially in the in the beginning, you know, when you talking about the word, it is it's different. It's a different it's a different book. The other four gospels mm-hmm. have a lot of things that line up. They're ta- they're called the synoptic gospels, and then you have John, and it, it's a little bit different take, a different perspective. Um, when you learn more about John as a disciple of Jesus, he held a a, a, a different place. You know, he called. He calls himself in the book of John, but we know that the words uh, is in, are inspired by God. He calls himself, you know, the one whom Jesus loved. 
mm. of the disciples of Jesus. Now we know that Jesus loved them all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but for some reason, uh, God, you know, it, it, that's included in there. That that John. So John does give a different take on 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 Jesus as as the as the man. Right, and. You're right. All those books of the uh, gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are all beautiful, and they're all factual. But yeah, for some reason, John, for me, has really resonated. Yeah, John John is John is good. Um, so that's kind of like, who do people say that Jesus was? You know, mm-hmm. right? Or who does the disciples say? They, they recognize as Christ. Um, Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the New Testament, talks a lot, too, about, about Jesus. Um, uh, Colossians, I love this, too. Colossians 1, um, 15 through 23 is talking, Paul's talking about, about Jesus, who he was. And he says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the mm. dead, meaning resurrection from the dead, yeah. that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel you have heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul became a minister. Mm. Yeah. He doesn't say like whites only in there or anything (laughs) like that, you know? No, no. and, And exactly the opposite. He says that through Jesus, and in Jesus, like in him are all things, and through him right. are all, all things hold together. All races, all creeds. So he's a all, unifier. You know, yeah. it's like and there's there's so much more in there. You know, oh, we could we could is. unpack the, the whole gospel story in that. Um, but when you look at like who Jesus was and Paul's his apostle and his closest followers, they saw like Jesus is God. Mm-hmm. Jesus is God in the flesh, made flesh, you know, the image of the invisible God. Um, which is awesome. And, and then when you look, I think next you have to look at like who Jesus said he was. And my favorite, my favorite verse of who Jesus said he was, and this is in John 8, and uh, he's talking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees, you know, this religious system, the leaders of the system, and they, they had, you know, set themselves on pedestal. Abraham, right? Abraham was the first, uh-huh. the forefather. And um, Jesus essentially says, um, before Abraham was, I am. Boom. Yeah, and you have yeah. to you have to know like the context, but like when God came to Moses, you know, who is the deliverer of the people in Exodus, you know, uh-huh. through through him God delivered the people. Um, God introduces Himself in the burning bush to Moses, who said, "He says, who, who should I say sent me?" And He says, "I am right. who I am." And so here Jesus says, "I am." And the, the my favorite thing about this verse is the response by the Pharisees is they pick up stones to stone him, like immediately, because Jesus <laughs> says, I am. So it, like, this is like, before this time, he had kind of maybe tiptoed around the issue a little bit, but this is the first time where he's like, I am. So he's claiming equality yep. with God. Yep. He's claiming he is God, and they're like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, we're going to throw down over Spoiler, that. Spoiler, they yeah. didn't stone him at that time. <laughs> no, he got away, right? <laughs> he got, he, yeah, it says he dispersed through the crowd. It wasn't time yet. Yeah, 
but I mean, it's, it, and he says, you know, he goes on in, in, in John, there, there are eight I am statements, which we don't have the time to look at, but are really awesome about who Jesus says that he, you know, I am the door, I am the shepherd. He says uh, in John 14, six, I am the way, the truth and the life. Mm. Um, and he's talking about reconciliation with God. Uh, he says in John 14, nine, whoever has seen the father, uh, whoever has seen me, has seen the Father, mm-hmm. meaning like I and the fa- I and the Father are one. He says that also in um, John ten thirty. That, but he's claiming equality with right. God. He's the image bearer. Of yeah, God. And, yeah, and when you think about if you if you you know are believing in God as like the creator of the world, and and, and then the God you know God is love. You know, it's like you, you hear that, yeah. but like th- that is true. You know, God loves His creation, and He especially loves mankind because. We're made in his image. We're made to carry mm-hmm. his image forward on the earth. And so I, I don't even see when you when you look at that concept of Jesus and who he is, it, that he is God, like it's impossible for him to discriminate. Exactly. It, it, it's impossible. And that's why, like, and that's why that question, I think, when you get to the core of it, when you when you boil it down yeah. to this point, it's like that's why it's offensive on the surface. That's why we to, have that to followers reaction. of Jesus, because like it, that's impossible. It is. It is. And so it's just one of those things where you, once you really get down to it and once you build your faith up, you see that and you're like, no, this could never be. Yeah. So go ahead. Oh, so I mean, at that point, how do we respond to somebody? Yeah. So, well, so I think really like what the question here, mm-hmm. I don't think is, is Christianity racist? I don't, I, don't, I mean, I know that, that technically it is the question. Right. <laughs> but there's a question behind the question. And, and what I saw, right pretty quickly right away is the question is like, why is the church today? We're talking the American church. Yep. You know, you could even say, I, you know, throw out like a political term, white evangelicals. Why is, why is, why is the church today seen as racist? Yeah. That's right? a, yeah, that's a good that's question. A better question because Christianity, you know, was, was started in the middle East by a Jewish, you know, a, a Jewish carpenter, you know, who was the son of God and we follow him, and it was like it was the most inclusive. It was the most revolutionary at the time, as far as like, and still today, really. Yeah. And, and there's so I many. We hit on a couple of stories, but then you get into the the stories of like the apostles, and you have you know Philip with the Ethiopian eunuch, you know who who runs to this man, mm. which is a whole other story. He runs and catches up to a chariot and has a conversation while he's running alongside a chariot. But anyways, um, as a runner, I kind of like that, <laughs> that story. <laughs> but you know the Ethiopian eunuch, you have. Um, Paul. Paul's ministry was to get God, get the gospel to Rome, you know, which was the mm-hmm. center of the universe at that time. And so it's like, here you have this Christianity, this concept that is just, it spread throughout the earth. You know, you look at the first thousand years of the church and like the Bible and the gospel was the one thing that endured without change through the first thousand, and even into in today, another thousand years. Right. Like, it's like, and well, in the something that's discriminatory is not going to spread like that. Exactly. I know when I first became a Christian back when I would say I really became a Christian in seventh grade, the reason why I became a Christian is because of the spread of Christianity is of mm. one of many things. I, I had a dream and I'll talk about that yeah. later on sometime. But, um, but that was the first thing that I really studied is the spread of Christianity and as to why. And, uh, you know, when you have a tyrannical government like the Roman Empire and you have Christians that are, you know, really willing to die mm-hmm. for this faith, it was because of being inclusive. It was because everybody was accepted into uh, being a follower of Christ. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's no one, no one turned away. You know, it's it's God's desire that all should come to 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 reconciliation and relationship. So, what happened with today's church? Well, so I think you have to. It's, it's a great question, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I think what you have to look at is that you know throughout history, um, if nothing else, I think the church from the, from the beginning was was complicit you know, was, was kind of like, uh, I saw an article recently, um, and actually I'll put a link to it in the show notes, really good. But it was saying how it, it, the, you know, there is, the church has been largely complicit in, in racism and race issues. Um, it's saying, it, the article said somewhere between general endorsement and quiet acceptance. So what I see, the problem that people are seeing and, and the reason why the church would be viewed as racist now is that we're just, we're not following Jesus well. Yeah. When you look at his example, we're we're not following well. I think right. that Christians we should be, uh, we should be on the forefront of of race issues or gender issues, mm-hmm. or you know we should be speaking truth into those issues. And Martin Luther King, um, the good doctor, yep. said it best. You know he t- he talked about how um, the church has been a tail light rather than a headlight. Mm. We've been responsive after the fact, as opposed to lighting the way with truth. Right. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's really it. You know, as, as Christians, I, it comes down to, we're not following Jesus well. Cause when we look at the example of Jesus, he reached out to the marginalized, you know, he, he, his ministry was to, was to the lost and his desire was that all would come to, to know him and to know God's love. Mm. Yeah, no, that's powerful for sure. Uh, I, and I think, you know, we're kind of coming to, to an end here, but I think you have to look at, you know, in 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 the the three gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They all share the same story about how the Pharisees came to Jesus and they're trying to catch him in a trap, and so they ask him, "What is the greatest commandment?" And we know there were the Ten Commandments, yep. and then there were mm-hmm. another like I forget what it is, like I think six hundred other laws. Um, I'm not sure in the exact number, between 400 and 600 other laws that they had interpreted from the, the books of the law. But they've got the Ten Commandments were like the baseline. And so they're like, so what's the greatest commandment? You know, yeah. like, trying to trap him because like if he says any one thing, they can be like, oh, what about the other nine? You know, blasphemer, right. you know, whatever. We're going to get him this time. But he sums it up like this. He says, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And he, without a pause, he says, and the second is this meaning this is equal to loving God, is to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm. So when the church is seen as racist, we're not following well, we're not loving our neighbor as ourself. Mm-hmm. And so what's the answer for, for this? Um, you know, the whole, it might be corny, but be the change you want to see in the world. Follow Jesus well, love your neighbor well, love others well. So without question, when people look at us, they can say, oh, that's, that's an example of Jesus Christ. Sure. What I wrote down here is, uh, so how you actually, how you should respond to somebody that has the assertion that Christianity is racist is, I would say the first thing to do is ask a question as to why they feel that way. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And so normally what you'll probably have after, you know, maybe being through this question a little bit, not exactly this question, but anytime anybody has, uh, you know, a negative feeling towards Christianity, it's always good to ask, you know, a quick question. And normally you'll get a response in what I would say is one of three ways. Um, so you ask the question, uh, uh, why do you feel this way? And understand there might be an underlying hurt or emotional response. Yeah, totally. 
So just like you said, you, maybe somebody was hurt by that church. Yes. You know, maybe somebody was hurt by a church that really wasn't following the church body, wasn't following Jesus in the way that they should have been. They were being that taillight rather than that headlight. Right. But normally what you'll find is you'll get either an ignorant response, a pseudo-intellectual response, or that hurt response. Mm-hmm. So the ignorant response might be, I don't know, it's, you know, that's just kind of what I've heard about Christianity. It's just, you know... It's all white churches. Oh, look at or, the media. Yeah, right. Just some, yeah, something they've heard. Yeah, I saw it on the, I saw it on the news. Yeah. yeah. So, or you might see something to the effect of, well, like uh, Leviticus uh, in one part implies that there, and it's always something that somebody yes. has heard somewhere somewhere else. And you know, the Bible does talk about slavery in places, but it's important to, again to have that context. Yeah, and, and just to, to comment to that real quick, um, in those places, it's really interesting when you look at the law and you look at those those laws surrounding like the treatment of slaves, um, I think that demonstrates God's heart in that he, he knew that his people would fall into the same trap as the rest of mankind. He knew that there would be slaves. And so he's like, hey, this is how we protect. Mm-hmm. This is how, you know, this is, and it's actually when you look at those laws, it's, it's, it's an argument for equal treatment. The foreigners who were with them, the servants in the household were seen to be on the same level in regards to the law. And I think it's really important, but that's just a little aside. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's good. Um, and so anyways, when you, when you ask that question and you get one of those, probably the, one of those three responses, the first thing is to never have too much pride to say like, Hey, let me look into this. If you don't know, let me look into this. And then we'll have this discussion later on because I want to find out for myself. But uh, really, you could answer most of those questions, the hurt response, the uh, pseudo-intellectual response, uh, and also that, uh, that just total ignorant response. Mm-hmm. You could really answer those and all those, and basically how we answered that here. You know, you could look and say, hey, let's talk about Jesus's character, the Jesus that I know and the reason why I follow Christ. Look at what he did with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, um, you know, in all yeah. those stories that we talked about. And I think that there is no other conclusion than to say that Jesus was the least racist, the least prejudiced yeah. person of all time totally. to this day. Totally. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And such great insight, you know, getting, getting to the question behind the question, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, those, those three things that, that are behind that. And r- please people respond compassionately. Don't be like, yeah. that was d- <laughs> it's so dumb. That was kind of, I mean, you know, but like my first response was yeah. pretty, it was pretty like, what? So, like really? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I, I love it. I love it. And thanks for sending in that question. And along those lines, we, this show is going to be the best when we are diving into the questions that you have. Mm-hmm. That um, was, that was Blake McBain. I should have said that at the beginning. Yeah. He said I could say his name and so I'm going to. So Blake, really appreciate the question. Yes. Yeah. And answer and answer back with compassion and and get behind the question, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, But yeah, your questions are are important to us. Um, We'd love if you send them in. You can uh, DM us on Instagram at questions on the way. You can email your questions to questions on the way at gmail dot com. We're now up on all major podcast platforms. If you're listening on Apple, please review. uh, Please Mm -hmm. review us and uh, rate us. And um, if you do that, it'll get this podcast in front of yeah, more people. Give us all those stars. Yeah, you know, five star reviews. You know, if you feel confident uh, <laughs> clicking that, but but also, yeah, the 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 ratings. You know, by writing something out, 
um, really will start to boost us to put us in front of other people. And again, if you've been with us for these last few episodes, I mean, I know this is only, this is number three, but you know that our heart is not to promote ourselves. Our heart is to make much of Christ. Right. And so the more that we can get out in front of people um, that are maybe struggling with these same kind of questions, um, I think the more that God will be glorified. And so um, that's really our heart and our desire. And uh, yeah, we love you guys. We are on YouTube. The audio quality is not the best. And but we, I don't, don't... <laughs> we don't look really all that good. <laughs> but it's maybe that's a little behind the scenes picture of... Uh, of how it goes down but um yeah so share you know share us subscribe mm-hmm. like across different platforms and let's generate some traction and some pray oh yes Throw please, down some please pray be praying for us um that the questions that come in you know will be sincere that that we will have the knowledge to an- to answer them to n- not operating in pride right i kind of feel like i'm praying right now but lord just send it forward uh jesus let your will be done and uh Yeah, thanks for listening today. Amen. Peace. Peace out.